Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Smith, and today on the MMA on Sirius XM podcast, Danny Sabatello sits down with RJ Clifford on MMA Today, and I speak to the interim Bantamweight champion, Rafael Stotts, on Unlocking the Cage to talk about their upcoming Bellator 289 main event matchup. Bellator 289, Stotts versus Sabatello, December 9th, that's Friday at Mohegan Sun Arena. In Connecticut, the Bantamweight Grand Prix continues with a matchup with interim Bantamweight Championship on the line. Joining us one half of that, Danny Sabatello. How you doing, Danny? Doing great, man. How you doing? Good. Uh, you're looking sharp. Does the, uh, does the headband shirt, is that matching, like, same material? Or did you buy two separate ones and you were able to just put them together perfectly? Yeah, two separate materials, but um, okay. I'd like to mix and match, keep everybody on their toes, wear different stuff. I'm a very stylish guy. It's just... That's just how I operate. Yeah, I once asked uh, Bruce Buffer how many tuxedos he owns. He's like, honestly, not that many. But the key is you just got to mix and match the coat with the shirt and pants, and then it looks like you have, you know, 100 different outfits. So it sounds like you you and him maybe talked about fashion a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. He's another stylish guy, but I've got a bunch of these shirts. I've got about a zillion of them. Got a bunch of different headbands, but, you know, mm -hmm. black is always best. I would describe your look as uh, the last day of the first semester of junior college, and I'm going to the beach. Is that accurate? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I live okay. in South Florida now in Fort Lauderdale, so I kind of dressed apart from tan. I got the flashy shirts, but that's just kind of who, who I am. That's my personality. I'm just more of a loud guy. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, um, things got heated on the MMA hour with you and Stotts. Um, it didn't seem like it was that big – of a shot from Stotts to kind of get you going, but you still walked over there. I guess, did, did, he, did he hit a nerve or was that something you were waiting to do? I mean, I just, first off, fucking hate the guy, so it's hard to be in the same room as him. Um, whenever we're in the same room, I just don't know what's going to happen. You know, my adrenaline is pumping, and sometimes when my adrenaline starts going, uh, I can't really control myself. He said that he was a better wrestler, and he said that he was going to beat the shit out of me or whatever, so I just kind of mm -hmm. wanted to test it. Um, I'm trying really hard not to touch him or get in his face or hit him or do anything like that. Cause I know if I do Bellator will ax the fight and get it canceled and I can't get this fight canceled. I need to beat the shit out of this guy, but you know what? I, I just had enough. I was fed up. I wanted to go over there and beat the shit out of him. Ariel obviously got in the way. Didn't want to hit Ariel or get him hurt in any way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had to go over there, show him who boss was. Um, I kind of wish I would have fucking hit him square in the jaw, but I'll take what I can get. Now let's let's be honest here. Let's 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 be honest here, Danny. If you did throw a punch and you hit Stotts, the Bellator's not canceling that fight. If anything, they're gonna double down on the promotion of that fight. Come on. Be honest. They warned here. me this yeah. New York trip. I'm in New York City right now. They warned mm -hmm. me going into this that I can't touch him. And I don't know if they warned him because he's a little bitch. He's not going to do shit. I don't think they were worried about him or whatever he does, but they know I'm a very aggressive guy. They know you never know what you're going to get with me. So going into this, they told me that if I touch him, I might get the fight canceled. So I kind of like to push the buttons, push the border. I know if I were to push him or just get in his face, it might not be allowed, but the fight will go on. But if I did hit him in the face, I, I am worried about getting this fight canceled. Um, and I can't get this fight canceled. I don't want to risk anything with that. Um, so I don't want to draw the line, but I'm going to go right up into the line. I'm going to push him all day. Try throwing a hand truck at the bus that he's in. See what happens. I mean, anything goes. <laughs> if he keeps running his mouth, I, I can't tell you what's going to happen next. Yeah. So when, so when he made that comment of like, I could out wrestle and you, and you walked over there and Ariel had to break it up. Was that 
pure pissed off? I, I, you just saw red. You want to get your hands on him, or was part of you like, let me square up against this guy? Like, let me let me get some data on him by squaring up with him and see how he reacts. Look into his eyes. Well, first off, it's just an absolute idiotic comment for him to say that he's a better wrestler than me. But again, what people don't understand is that this is MMA. MMA wrestling is just completely different than normal wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, my wrestling is really good. It's in general better than his. But my MMA wrestling is just so much better than his. When you talk about situational awareness and position, uh, posturing up to ground and pound and, and staying out of trouble with guillotines or things of that nature. Um, but I kind of just wanted to go over there and just like size him up, let him know that I'm his daddy. Um, you know, I do really believe in mental warfare. I believe in getting guys heads. I think he's a mental midget. So I think what I did there was gotten his head a little bit more than I already am, which, you know, kind of seems hard to do because I'm already very much so in his head. If you look at all these interviews with me and him, he's always interrupting me. He's very fidgety. He's very scared already. Um, I think he's going to go out there in this fight and try to just expose all his emotion and want to kill me. You know, he's never really had this emotion going into a fight. But me, I'm calm, cool, collected. This is just another fight for me. I always talk trash. I always talk shit. I always get in these guys' heads. So when I went over there and I shoved him, I was just getting him in his fucking head and just more mental warfare, more mental games. People don't understand. A lot of this is mental warfare. You know, at the end of the day, we're get at the end of the day, we're getting inside a cage and you might die in there. You might walk out of there, not the same guy that you walked into. So it's a lot to think about. You compile that with me getting in your face and talking all this shit having so much more pressure, having so much more eyeballs and spotlight on this fight. And it's a lot for people to handle. And a guy like this, he's just going to crumble. So with mental warfare, do you, do you go like the Conor McGregor, Chael Sonnen route where you go like deep, deep research on the guy to find out like all kinds of shit about him and then bring it up? Do you do that or yeah, just kind little, of you're more on the whim? A little bit. I don't like to compare okay. myself to anybody else in this game. I feel like sure. I'm doing my own thing. Um, I think Danny Sabatello is going to be one of the biggest guys in the fucking sport. Um, you know, Connor made the UFC, and I feel like I'm going to make Bellator. Um, so I kind of do my own thing, but I do a lot of research with my guys. Uh, I do get in their head, but a guy like Rafian, it doesn't take much to get in his head. You know, a couple of things that I said, I, I saw that it bothered him. So obviously, it's kind of pretty much trial and error. You know, I'll throw some things out there, and if I catch the bait and I see that he changes his emotions a little bit, then I kind of feed off that. And you know what he doesn't understand is that I'm so much smarter than him. I'm making mental notes here and there. Um, you know, he's already told me pretty much his game plan for the fight. So obviously I poke him a little bit. I see what his reaction is going to be. And then I, and then I kind of go off there. What's the, the one thing you said or did that got the biggest reaction out of him so far? Well, when I said that I would knock him out on the feet, he went nuts. And it's just funny because now I know he's going to want to keep it a standing bout. He's going to want to try to knock me out. It's funny because he's never really seen me on my stand-up game. You know, any of my fights, they've pretty much all been on the ground because I'm so much superior than these opponents on the ground. You know, I'm a smart fighter. I know where I'm better. I know where the risk is. It's a little bit more risky on the feet just because at any point in the fight, you could be dominating the guy and get knocked the fuck out. Um, but you know, with this one specifically, this guy doesn't pose any threat to me being knocked out. Cause he doesn't have that good of hands. He doesn't have that much power. Um, so this is a fight where I can go in there and I could just take it on the feet, take it on the ground. Uh, I could pretty much go wherever it is with it, but I know he's going to try to make it a stand up brawl just because when I said I would knock him out on the feet. Is there any part of you that's kind of worried that this is getting built up as like your own super bowl, but then it's 
just the semifinals of the Grand Prix. You still got to fight for the title after you beat. Like, is there any concern at all? It's like, all right, this is getting. I, I got. It's like playing another game after the Super Bowl. No, not really. Just because a Danny Sabatello fight is pretty much a Super Bowl fight every time I fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I've been saying all week that this guy Rafian Stas is in the position and getting all this publicity and attention right now because of me. You know, at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck or knows who Rafian Stas is. He's getting all the attention and he's having people say, oh, knock Sabatello out just because people hate me. You know, they don't know him. They don't necessarily want him to win. They just want me to lose because everybody wants to see me lose. You know, the fans in MMA are very passionate when it comes to Danny Sabatello. They either want to see me knock the guy out. And those are very intelligent fans. Those are people that understand MMA. And then you have the other about 70% of people that are saying, oh, I want to see Sabatello get his clock locked out. You know, so... It's just funny. He's going to get a lot of publicity. He's going to think people are fans of his because they want him to knock me out. But at the end of the day, it's just because they want to see Danny Sabatello lose. After this fight, he's going to go back on his way and he's going to lose all that publicity. And I'll still keep being a superstar. Personality aside, is he the best opponent you you will face in your career so far? No, I think uh, Brett Johns, you know, who was ranked number 10 in the UFC before he came into Bellator, I think so far him or Leandro Higo are the two best guys that I've faced. You know, Leandro Higo is an absolute stud on the ground. His jiu-jitsu is second to none inside of MMA. Um, But the stats guy, I like to say that he's good everywhere, but he's not particularly great anywhere. So that's Mm -hmm. why I can kind of open up and kind of have it be a very one-sided fight. I do myself, I do see myself dominating this fight again, because I can open up, I can be free. I can do whatever I want. The margin for error isn't too steep with this guy. Um, so yeah, I, I feel myself in terms of a and in terms of a matchup. I think it's a dream come true, and I just beat him everywhere. Do you think you'll see the same stats that has been fighting in Bellator the last six fights, or do you think he'll fight different against you for one reason or another? I was just talking about this. He's going to fight me a little bit different. I'm inside of his head. I can see that he's already aggressive. I can see that he's already got a lot of emotion built up. I think he's going to come inside that first round and he's going to want to try to knock me out. He's, he's, he's really mad at me right now. I'm, mm-hmm. My goal is to try to get him to hate me. Um, so he just goes in there a little bit more aggressive. And you're going to see that December 9th at the Mohegan Sun Casino that he's going to be a little too over aggressive. I'm going to get him tired and I'm going to get him worn out. And then I'm just going to go to town on his face and carve him up real nice. That's it. Bellator 289 going down Friday, December 9th in Connecticut. Uh, interim Bantamweight title fight, semifinals for the Bellator Bantamweight Grand Prix. Danny, this was awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Thanks for having me. You got it. Danny Sabatello here on MMA Today. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here from WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more. We talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. Rafian Stotts. He, of course, has a big fight coming up in December. In December, Danny Sabatello, December 9th, Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut. He's the current interim bantamweight champion of Bellator. He joins us now. How you doing, my man? Doing great, man. Doing fun, man. This whole media stuff, media tour thing is pretty fun. So, having a blast. 
You'll get used to it after a little while, man. You go through, go through a few of them, and you're like, oh, God, I've got another interview. <laughs> if I speak to Jimmy one more time, man, I'm going to flip out. But it's glad, I'm glad to have you here, man. Glad to finally sit down with you. So you're 13-1 and one as a pro. Great win last time out over Juan Archuleta. Um, that was I'm, at uh, Belton. I'm 18-1 um, as a pro. Oh, am I reading it wrong? I'm reading it wrong. You're yeah, right. You, you are you, eight. You reading, you're reading Danny Savatello record. That's oh, that's right. 18 and 1. S. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong one. Danny is 13 and 1. You are 18 and 1, bro. So, so, leading up to this fight with Danny Savatello, last time out, Juan Archuleta, very, very tough fighter, man. That dude has a head like a stone, went the distance with Sergio Pettis. You knocked him out with a head kick. What is a win like that? Not just winning, but winning in that fashion. What does that do for you moving forward, man? Uh, that just, you know, says a statement to the the other people in the Dan Bantamweight tournament, you know what I mean? So pretty much it just gives a statement. So basically uh, that just tells all the rest of the fighters the, the caliber of fighter I am. So um, they see, you know what I mean, Juan don't get finished like that by nobody but me. Yeah. So it, how do you like this tournament format with Bellator, this tournament at 135? We know Sergio Pettis is out for the foreseeable future. We don't know what's up with his injury, when he's coming back. But this tournament of taking everybody and may the best man win, you go through a lot of talent, but as a fighter, how much do you like that format, man? Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I was the reason the Bellator tournament started. I fought Magomed, Ooh. and I was the number one contender, and I elected to call for a Bantamweight tournament. Because I love this style of fighting. I love this style of uh, uh, matchmaking. Because, like, um, to be honest, nobody really wants to fight me. If I didn't have this right here, nobody would want to fight me. You know what I mean? But now they have to fight me. Now they got to mention my name. You know what I mean? So so I'm, I relish in this, this uh, Bantamway tournament. I relish in this environment. Uh, speaking, of course, of Rafion Stotts, he's a Bellator interim bantamweight champion. So, Danny Sabatello, you guys had a good little back and forth after your, after his last fight. Uh, he, of course, got a unanimous decision victory over Leandro Higo. You guys jawing back and forth. What are your thoughts in something like that? Because a lot of people tell me that... Anderson Silva liked having a Chael Sonnen. You like having that someone who's going to go back and forth and make it interesting, right? He wears his sunglasses indoors. He has a look. He's super brash. He's been on my show before. Super cocky. Is it one of those things where you're going back and forth in your head? You're going, this is great stuff. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad people are paying attention. What are your thoughts, man? That's exactly how I feel, you know? <laughs> the buildup for the fight is, like, pretty great. Like, uh, he's going to say something back. I don't get a lot of people that kind of talk back with me. You know, he he claims to be a better uh, trash talker than me. Um, so, like, that that stuff is pretty fun. You know what I mean? I don't like beating a dead horse. Unfortunately, in the fight, that's what's going to happen. I'm, it's going to be a one-sided dog walk. Dog walk but um, but the, the buildup is going to be fun. You know what I mean? Fun, fun for the people. Like I said, this guy's a used car salesman. So he's selling everybody lemons. He's going to talk a big game. He's going to say a lot of cool things. He's going to promote the fight well. So that stuff is pretty fun. So what are your thoughts on him stylistically? He's relied a lot in his Bellator career and his, his, his MMA career period on his wrestling ability, his ability to take guys down, hold them down, put a lot of pressure on them. That's kind of his style, has a good gas tank. What are your thoughts on him stylistically, the X's and O's of this fight? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, he's a difference between me and him, okay? So I'm a two-time national champion in wrestling. Um, he's a wrestling, uh, he's pretty good at wrestling, um, but he has to wrestle. That's the only thing he can do. So therefore he wrestles. I choose to wrestle. I got many tools in my toolbox. 
I can do a lot of things. So um, there's a difference there. But um, as far as his style, it's one-dimensional, and, and you can't be a one-dimensional fighter fighting against me. Uh, speaking, of course, to Rafian Stotts, Bellator interim bantamweight champion. 18 I'm going to do an interview one. right now. <laughs> He's on the street right they now. So. Oh, well, I, I'm not surprised at all, man. You're super famous right now, man. So what I'm wondering about with, with, with Danny Sabatello, people ask me all the time, with the Colby covington Kamar Usman fight, I got a ton of people who, who don't know enough about fighting. I had a lot of them saying, um, why didn't they wrestle more? They're both great wrestlers. Why didn't they wrestle more? And I said, well, it's inefficient. You don't want to try and take somebody down who's a great wrestler. A lot of times it makes more sense to stand and bang. Is that how you see this fight going? Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty much how I see his fight going. It's going to be very inefficient for him uh, to engage in anything other than wrestling. Or it's going to be very hard for him to uh, to engage in the wrestling because I'm I'm a good wrestler. I mean, you see it all the time. But that's the part I'm, like, looking forward to see. Because he has it out of the, the 13 opponents that he have. I think eight of those had losing records. And none of those had wrestling experience. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm looking forward to see what happens when he, he faces some adversity, when he faces somebody that he can't take down, uh, that's better than him uh, doing jujitsu and, uh, you know what I mean, kickboxing. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, when you look at what he's done so far and, and kind of yeah. the confidence and the brash talk and all the stuff that he brings, he's won five decisions in a row. He's not a guy who's known as a finisher. He's known more as a grinder. A lot of people see that as a negative, but you know in the fight game, that can be a positive that you're willing to go, that you have the mentality to go five rounds. How do you see that? His, his unwillingness or inability to get finishes, he tends to go long fights. What do you think of that as an opponent? I mean, I think he does what he can, you know? He likes to frame it to where... He does it because he likes to be there, but that's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. <laughs> he does it because that's what he can, you know? And he's a boring fighter. Um, the, 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 the most exciting film I was able to watch on him was um, Men in Black because he played the worms in Men in Black. That's the most exciting film that I was able to watch, you know what I mean? So the, other than that, his boring his fights, I usually fall asleep, and that's why the fans in Connecticut boot him, you know what I mean? He's he's a boring fighter, so... Um, there isn't a there is a like a truth to you know he's been five rounds a lot of times so he's used to that but I mean that that pays no dividend when you're facing somebody that's gonna put you into a a bad position uh, or or put you into uncomfortable positions throughout five rounds like he can wrestle he can be in wrestling position for five rounds he can lay on top of people for five rounds but what happens when he gets swept what happens when he wrestles somebody that um, knows how to wrestle you know what I mean. Explain to the fans kind of the difference where you, you, you look at a wrestler and there's so many levels to wrestling, right? There's so many levels to, um, you know, uh, uh, how good – when someone says, oh, I'm a good wrestler, I'm like, well, good like state champion, good like national yeah. champion, good like yeah. – So, yeah, so when you think wrestling, do you think those th same thoughts? You're good, but you're not – I won national yeah. titles good, right? When, when, when I think about wrestling, I think about like um yeah uh, the levels um also like layers there's layers to wrestling um and so I, I think of um I think of it like kind of attempts okay so let's say you shoot an attempt but somebody stuffs you and you're able to shoot um, another attempt off of that you you probably around like high school level if you're able to set up and put people kind of where you want them out of the wrestling um you're before you even take a shot 
you're on like kind of a college level. Um, if you're able to just outposition people before you even take a shot and then everything they do is the wrong move, um, that's like the ultimate level um, of wrestling. And for me, um, he's at a college level wrestling, um, but his MMA wrestling is not of that level. If you look at his fights, he shoots from 10 miles away, and that works on someone who isn't accustomed to sprawling, who isn't accustomed to wrestle. You know what I mean? So it's definitely levels to wrestling, and he's at a high level. But as far as MMA wrestling, his um his his IQ and I mean it's just his skills are 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 not up to par. So is it difficult uh, with this tournament format? Danny Sabatello's next December 9th, no doubt about that. To not yeah. look ahead, to not look at what's next, to not look at I want Sergio Pettis down the line. Is it tough to keep one opponent in front of you at a time when you're dealing with a tournament? You know, unlike Danny Sabatello, I have championship experience, uh, not only in fighting, but also in wrestling. I'm a two-time national champion for a reason. I say this. Um, so I'm very accustomed to taking it one step at a time, you know, and getting to the championship, winning the championship, performing when I need to perform. Um, and he is not, bottom line. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, being a bantamweight, not only in Bellator, but it seems like in the UFC as well, 135 is red hot right now. I think it's one of the top divisions in the UFC right now. I put it second behind 155. It's one of Bellator's most talented divisions. Really, 135 yeah. is really fantastic. What's your thought at being at the top of the division with so much change and so much dynamic movement, man? Is it exciting? Yeah, it's super exciting, man. And and I manifest this a lot. You know, I say I'm the best martial artist. I'm the best uh, bantamweight in the world. Um, you know, and that just speaks to that. You know, this is a very exciting division. This is a very exciting division across the uh, all platforms. You know what I mean? And I feel like I'm the best among the best. So um, I, I expect nothing less than being the best. You know, and um, yeah. So so yeah, I feel like I'm the best in the world, no matter where I go. So I, I have to know emotionally. You and Danny Sabatello got into a little bit on the MMA hour yesterday with Ariel Hawani about who was the better wrestler. He wanted to do it right now, and and Ariel Hawani had to get in between you guys. First off, yeah. for people who've never been around that, what's going through your head at a moment like that? And you know, you're in street clothes. You're you can't back down. You can't be the punk in the room. Yeah. But don't want to start a fight right there. What's going through yeah. your head at a moment like that, man? I mean, I've been in those situations. I mean, everybody's been in those situations in the bar. Um, but I handle those situations different. Uh, I feel <laughs> like those situations are fun to me, I feel like. So in the moment, I'm like, I'm waiting and wanting, uh, you know, him to, like, touch me or, you know, do something across the line. So as soon as he makes a move toward my seat, I'm out of my chair. As soon as he comes close to me, I'm pushing him away. Um but I'm like, I'm, I, I that, that kind of stuff excites me. <laughs> uh, like, I, I get, I, I like being in those situations. So, um, like, what's going through my mind is like, please, please give me a reason to fucking knock your head off. Please, I appreciate if, if you give me that chance. Um, to be honest, like, during that, it, I, I, I almost saw red for a second, but then I heard Ariel say, like, I heard panic in his voice and, like, the anxiousness in his voice. Like, please, guys, guys, please, we can't, we can't do this. And I was like, and that, like, brought me back, to be honest with you. It brought me back because I was about to slap. I, and I gave, I gave Danny Sabatello a slap to the face or whatever. Um, but I, I, I didn't fully commit because of, of Ariel. So Ariel saved that moment probably for everybody. 
So when you look at Danny Sabatello, do you feel like a lot of fighters, Leandro Higo, of course, Brazilian from the Pitbull camp, kind of emotional guy, emotional camp. Do you feel like Danny Sabatello most of the time kind of wins the first round with the, the, the trash talk battle, the emotional battle that fighters lose that? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, he and and, and he thinks so, too. And that's the another reason why it's uh like th this thing is going to be fun because He's not used to anybody rebuttaling him. You know, he's not used to anybody, like, coming back and saying something, you know, uh, back to him uh, and winning exchanges. You know, I would say I won a lot of the exchanges we had. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, for me, it, it, it's all fun. You know what I mean? Because I also know there's no, like, legitimate threat behind. He say, oh, I want to leave him in a pool of blood. Like, you've literally gave nobody stitches, but you want to give people stitches. Like, um, yeah, so... So I know it's no like threat behind it, but um the the, the buildup is, is super fun, you know, to like, you know, have somebody to talk back to. But I think it's gonna get in his head that um I no, you know what really I think really gets under his skin? Um, he feels like I stutter a lot and he feels like I, I don't like dictate, I don't talk well, you know what I mean? But people love what the fuck I got to say. <laughs> and he, they love <laughs> So uh, I don't think he likes that, which is, like, super funny to me. So tell us about the pacing now. The fight is December 9th. We're obviously getting into the start of September. Uh, training, ramping up, schedule, diet, all that stuff. Does it really start kicking in this month or next month? Uh, it probably kick in, like, right after uh, Halloween. Probably right after Halloween. Yeah. Um, that's, like, usually when I start you know, ramping things up. I mean, I train two times a day every day. Um, you know, that's just like my normal schedule. So uh, I'll just like add like running, uh, get my get on track with my nutritionist, you know, and start like dialing in for um, like the, the cardio and, you know, the extra stuff that I suppose, I'm supposed to do. Um, but yeah, I, I, this is a lifestyle for me. You know, I don't know about him. Like I take care of my kids, you know, I, I take care of my business outside of fighting. And I, and I fight, you know, um, I do this, you know, at least five hours a day, um, every day. So when you talk about the preparation of this fight and getting ready, I know you're at Rufus Sport. Um, are you bringing in guys that, as you said, he has a great, you know, good wrestling for outside of MMA, but it's MMA wrestling isn't great. Do you think you have better MMA wrestlers in the training camp getting ready for this fight? Um, I think I have better martial artists. I'm actually in uh, Houston, Texas. Um, oh, got it. I train with um, Adrian Yanez now in Houston, yep. Texas. And um, mm -hmm. also Eve Edwards, uh, Dangerous, uh, Matt Schnell. Um, and, I know that but team well, man. Bringing, yeah. um, sorry again. I know that team well, man. Eve's a big friend of the show, man. Eve, yeah, yeah. Eve Edwards, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and we're bringing in wrestlers. But um, the wrestlers are deaf. I mean, I... I've wrestled with wrestlers who beat him, you know what I mean? And I've done very well with them. But I, the ultimately, like, literally, I'm telling my training partners, please don't fight like him because there's no way for him, them to, like, even test me, you know, um, training like uh, Sabatello. So um, I'm, like, literally training with people that are better than him, like, everywhere. Uh, Rafian, I really appreciate you making time, my man. Best of luck December 9th against Danny Sabatello. Hope your training goes great, man. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. MMA on SiriusXM is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. 
you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Unlocking the Cage weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern and MMA Today Tuesday to Thursday from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and on the SXM app. SiriusXM Podcasts.